Welcome back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena Allow, your favorite dermatologist and host. On our previous episodes, I briefly discussed the importance of our skin and gut microbiome, or simply stated, the bacteria that live on our skin. Honestly, I've only scratched the surface of this broad yet very important topic. On this week's episode, we will be diving into the importance of our skin microbiome, the latest in skin microbiome research, and how this really plays a role in skincare and the cosmeceutical industry. To help me discuss this, I'm joined by a very special guest and expert in skin microbiome research, Dr. Yug Varma. Dr. Varma has over 10 years of microbiome research experience, including an extensive background in bioorganic chemistry and microbiology. Dr. Varma's focus is to change the way in which we treat chronic bacterial diseases and more importantly, educating the general public on the importance of our skin microbiome. He is also the co-founder and CEO of Phyla, an advanced probiotic acne system. Welcome, Dr. Pharma. Hey, Rena. It's great to hear your voice, and it's great to be on. Great. We're, well, we're so happy to have you. So before we jump right into this topic, can you give us a little information and tell us what made you so interested in the skin microbiome in your in your journey in creating this acne system? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I have sort of a background in organic chemistry and, and more recently as a postdoc, as you mentioned, I've been, I've been studying microbiome research, which now expands to 10, almost 11 years. Um, and I've been really, really fascinated in my academic career on how bacteria um, and, and how our awareness of how bacteria interact with our body, right? How they mm-hmm. uh, affect the immune system, how they affect all these other different systems in, the, in your body, and they're constantly talking to our body. So, um, you know, I did a lot of work with gut bacteria, and then I switched over to skin bacteria. But around the time that I was doing my research, which is about, you know, eight, 10 years ago, we were just starting to uh, sort of waken up to the possibility of what was going on in the gut uh, with the bacteria and our body. And then simultaneously, what was going on in the skin and, and our, our body. Um, and we realized there's a ton of crosstalk. There's a lot of noise and there are many, many signals coming out of there. Um, at the same time, I was working with this or, you know, I was fascinated by this really cool technology called bacteriophages or phage technology. Um, and I was looking to apply it to a really difficult and rewarding problem. And the skin microbiome stood out to me as a huge opportunity because it's much simpler than the, the gut microbiome. More is known about it and the, the system is simpler. Um, and it's, it's fundamentally, there are many chronic diseases like acne, eczema, and others that are quite uh, you know, well-studied, the cause is known, and, and the target there is well-defined. Oh, that's really interesting. I, you know, when talking about skin microbiome, a lot of my patients will ask me about this and say, what does that really mean? What Are there different types of skin microbiomes all over our body? And is this is all bacteria good or beneficial? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a, it's a great starting point, right? I like to tell people that you have a rainforest on your skin, um, a rainforest <laughs> worth of dis- diversity. Um, now, this rainforest is invisible, and its trees are made up of microbes, bacteria, fungi, viruses that all live in a community, just like you have a forest, right? You have tall trees, small trees, shrubs, animals, blah, blah, blah. Um, you have uh, this very complex community living on your skin. Now, the microbiome forms this protective layer 
uh, this invisible protective layer that protects us from all sorts of bacterial uh, potential diseases and keeps us healthy every day. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, we sense a lot of our world through our skin. You know, we're always touching surfaces and the soil and this and that. And it's sort of a minor miracle that despite coming in contact with so many bacteria and different kinds of bacteria, none of them end up growing on our skin. And that's largely uh, the credit of our skin microbiome. So the interesting thing is that we are all different, right? Uh, the part of the world you were born in, that you belong to, that you grew up in, the kind of food you eat, the kind of experiences you have, we're all different. But when we're healthy, our skin microbiome is in balance. Uh, and that means that the good bacteria are, are well balanced. Now, um, I'll just very briefly tell you about the different types of, of skin microbiomes. There are broadly three. Uh, there's the dry skin, the, the uh, moist skin, and then the oily skin. So the dry skin is most of our body, you know, our, our arms and legs and, and torso. Um, uh, our wet skin is sort of our axilla, our armpits, uh, our groin region. Um, and then the oily skin is basically your face, your upper chest and upper back. Um, and, you know, that is also the zone that you most often get acne in, and that's not a coincidence. Interesting. So when it comes to um, the different types of the oily versus dry skin, um, does, what is that importance in terms of when it comes to our skin care, specifically acne? Yeah, so <clears throat> the main difference with oily skin and, or the, the oily zones in your skin, <clears throat> which also called the sebaceous skin, uh, and your dry skin is that your sebaceous skin has an abundance of these sebaceous glands, which are basically uh, these oil secreting glands. Um, now, the reason why your uh, body secretes oil is to coat your skin cells in something protective to keep the moisture in, to keep it hydrated, and to prevent aging. So a lot of people who have dry skin or, or purposely dry their skin out, they notice an early um, occurrence of dry skin, uh, of fine lines, wrinkles, and, and, and that sort of uh, progression gets faster. So it's really important not to over dry your skin. And unfortunately, the message that a lot of people are taking home or that are honestly are being given is that you must dry your skin to to have clear skin. And, and I don't think that's the case. Right. And I, I do see that quite a bit because a lot of, you know, acne medications or things that, you know, people have this conception that I just need to dry out my acne or I'm just going to apply, you know, an, some type of strong astringent on my skin and they almost forget or avoid moisturizing because they want to over, they have this, this idea that drying their skin out will help their acne. And so that's, I, I think that's an important point too, because I think that's an, a, a little bit of misinformation. Uh, exactly. And and that has to do with, I mean, dry skin is, uh, or sorry, the uh, excess oil in the skin or the kind of oil your, your skin produces is an indirect contributor to acne, but it's not the prime cause. Um, and if you're going to try to solve the problem by hitting an indirect cause, you're going to cause collateral damage in the form of dry skin, uh, fine lines, wrinkles, you know, accelerating that aging process and, and generally having poorer skin tone. Um, but there's a better way. And, and it's been informed by, by the latest skin microbiome science. 
Great. And then I just want to go back to the, when you talk about balance of skin, the skin balance, you know, one thing that I was looking into recently, which pH balance, um, specifically, you know, I guess some people believe that the rule of thumb is, or our natural skin typically has a pH around five, 5.5. Do, does the pH balance, does that play a role in terms of, you know, maintaining a protective skin barrier? Does that impact the skin microbiome at all? Yeah, having a natural, uh, slightly acidic skin is essential for healthy skin and an and essential microbiome. So your microbiome is essentially um, uh, sort of optimized to live in that, that uh, environment. And we call this the acid mantle of the skin. Um, now, this, you know, slightly low pH is maintained uh, mostly by the skin itself um, and is aided in its kind of buffering by the skin microbiome. But your skin is a buffer, so it has the ability to absorb a little bit of, um, you know, stress in terms of, you know, changing the pH. If you if you add something that's not exactly the pH of your skin, it's fine. Um and in small quantities, it's not going to do it. But if persistent application of uh, products with you know completely different pH can over time erode this acid mantle, and that's not a great um, great idea. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and I know you briefly spoke about acne, but what role does the skin microbiome really play when it comes to acne treatment? <laughs> Well, so we've learned a lot about acne through skin microbiome research. And one thing that's really been reinforced is that C. acnes or this one bacterium on the skin is, is the main cause of acne. Now, C. acnes, or it used to be called P. acnes, it's the same organism. But C. acnes is not actually all the way bad. In, in other words, uh, you, Rena, have C. acnes on your skin. I have it on my skin. Every adult on earth has C. acnes on their skin obviously we all don't have acne, right? Mm -hmm. Because C. acne is a, is a bacterium that actually dominates the adult skin microbiome on the face and um, is, you know, it plays a role. However, like I said, when we're all healthy, our microbiomes are in balance. The problem occurs when C. acne grows out of balance. Um, and so an overgrowth of this bacterium, C. acnes, leads to inflammation, which is basically the immune system responding to bacterial overgrowth, and that leads to pimples and acne. Now, <clears throat> C. acnes, their food is the sebum that our uh, sebaceous glands produce. But um, you can, and so, you know, one solution is let's starve this bacterium by denying it the food and you're, you know, drying up your skin. Well, I mean, yes, you can indirectly affect the bacteria in this way, but you're also um, hurting your skin by denying it this really, you know, life-giving, um, uh, moisture-absorbing and, and sealing um, sebaceous uh, fluid. Now, it's also true that all acne medication is antibacterial in nature. Uh, antibiotics, benzoperoxide, retinoids, they're all antibacterial. But the problem is that they're indiscriminate killers. So they're going to kill the bad bacteria, but they're also going to kill the good bacteria. It's a little bit like taking this rainforest and turning it into a desert. Mm -hmm. So another way to think about this is let's say you know, how are you going to solve this problem? You know, there's one bad bacteria that you have to kill, but you don't want to kill the good guys. It's like going out into your lawn one day, 
looking down and seeing a, a weed right in your in your lawn what are you going to do about it are you going to pour gasoline all over your garden and set the whole thing on fire just to get rid of the weed of course not right that would be ridiculous but we don't want to set fire to our microbiome every day either when we're using these harsh products like benzoyl peroxide etc we're literally setting fire to our microbiome every day because we're applying these products regularly instead you would look down you'd scoop up that um, uh, weed maybe replace it with a plant or a patch of grass and you're done um, and Phyla's technology allows you to do just that. For the first time, we're providing this alternative approach using bacteriophages, which are these natural, you know, nature's best defense against bacteria, and they're naturally specific against C. acnes. That's really interesting. I mean, I didn't, I've never thought it, about it in that way, but that's, that's a great way, that's a great, you know, way to think about it. It's just you want to be more targeted in your treatment. Um, rather than, you know, treat removing all of the the good or the beneficial bacteria on the skin. Same same thing, I guess, with when you think about the gut microbiome too. You want to be more targeted with your treatment, and instead of removing all of the helpful or beneficial gut um, bacteria. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like going into surgery and being given mm -hmm. a hammer when you need a scalpel. You know? Right. Um, and it's really, in, it's, it's kind of ironic to me that when you have acne, you have such tender inflamed skin. Uh, and in order to treat it, you use these harsh products like benzoyl peroxide or retinoids that carry all this, these side effects, redness, dryness, irritation. And they're bringing all these harsh side effects to, to skin that needs care and is already inflamed. Um, so, so that makes no sense. And the worst thing is, that because these products deplete the microbiome uh, and kill the good bacteria, over time, it actually leaves you more susceptible to relapses. And so, you know, this is a very common um, cycle that people find themselves in, mm -hmm. which is they, they try a product, oh, it's working great. And then after a few months, oh, it stopped working and you're back to square one. Uh, that is basically your skin microbiome getting so weak that it can naturally defend your skin. And so you're more prone to relapses. Right. I do see that quite a bit. I do see that quite a bit in our patients. So that's, that's um, a very good point. Um, when it comes to, so one question I want to actually ask about dry skin and, and products that dry your skin. Do you think that if you use a product that dries out your skin so much that your oil produ oil producing glands tend to over try to overcompensate for that dryness? Because sometimes patients will use products and they say that it dries them out. Yeah. It, they find themselves breaking out more and then they feel they feel as though their oil glands are trying to comp overcompensate for that dryness is that true is that is that just a myth is that no really it's, it's certainly true because mm -hmm. the, the skin like many of our systems is a homeostatic organ right so right. basically it's like your skin is trying to hydrate or your body's your skin is trying to stay hydrated right so it's producing oil mm -hmm. Uh, if you try to dry it out or if, you know, you know, some people over clean, you know, they'll wash their hands or their face, you know, four or five, six times a day right. very vigorously. Um, and your skin is saying, man, I'm producing all this oil and this oil somehow just keeps disappearing. So I'm going to produce more oil because, you know, I'm producing oil, but the, the oil sensing receptors on my skin are saying I still need more. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Ironically, while you're trying to remove all this oil, you're actually spurring your skin to produce more. 
And uh, so that kind of is a cycle. Now, the skin is kind of now in a cyst, in a, a, a chronic state of producing more oil. When you stop drying out your skin constantly, all that oil just comes roaring back because the skin has not yet figured out, oh, this person stopped removing all that oil I was producing. However, over time, um, and, and the amount of time depends, but it's usually weeks or months, if you just slow down you know, that removal of the, the vigorous removal of the oil, then you will see your skin produce less and less oil as it understands the balance and recalibrates. So that's very much true. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so Dr. Varma, when, when I, you know, when I do a simple quick Google search, there is so much information about probiotic skincare. Can you break down what pre post probiotics is? What does this all really mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a very pertinent question because there are so many people who are so curious about probiotic skincare. It, it's a field that holds so much promise, um, and there's a lot of sort of technical jargon being thrown around. So, let me see if I can make this a little bit more um, easy and and more sort of facile to read. Um, so prebiotic. So we all know what probiotics are, right? Um, we've heard uh, about our gut health. Um, and we know that live bacteria of a certain kind, like the ones in yogurt and in fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi, etc., mm -hmm. are great for our gut health. Um, and these bacteria usually sound like lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. And generally, they're sort of yogurt bacteria, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're generally lactic acid producing or lacto-fermenting bacteria. So we eat these for our gut health. Um, so probiotics uh, are defined as live microorganisms that when eaten in a certain amount confer a health benefit. And for the gut, that health benefit is, you know, uh, you know good bowel movements, good health, irregularity, et cetera. Um, prebiotics would be food-like substances that um, feed these probiotics, right? So one way to increase the number of probiotics in your gut, for example, would be to, to eat the live probiotic, right? And have it just go to the gut and grow there. Uh, another way would be to feed the pre-existing probiotic so that let's say you have trace amounts of probiotic bacteria in your gut. You want to increase that level. You, you give it uh, foods, usually insoluble types of fiber um, that will get to it and the, the bacteria feast on them and grow in number. So you're selectively kind of encouraging them to grow. That's what prebiotics do. And postbiotics are basically, now that these bacteria are plentiful in your gut, they produce certain molecules that is basically the benefit that your body gets from having them around. Um, a lot of these that are well-studied are, are short-chain fatty acids, but there are many, many other types of molecules that probiotics make that make your gut healthy. And so these are called postbiotics. These are the molecules that the bacteria make that make your skin or your gut or your body happy. So that's pre, post, pro, and post, right? So basically, you want to have the benefit of a probiotic. You can either have the live probiotic. You can either encourage pre-existing probiotics in your body to grow by feeding them prebiotics, or you can say, 
look, the benefit that probiotics give me is the, back, the, the molecules that they produce. So I'm just going to take the molecules and kind of do an end run around cultivating good bacteria in my, in my body. And those are called postbiotics. And just like I've talked about these in the context of the gut, pretty much that same analogy holds for the skin. Great. So how do, um, so what, what should consumers know about specifically about probiotic skincare? Are there, are there certain ingredients to look out for? Um, is there something that you, you recommend for, you know, your colleagues or your friends, family members when it comes to probiotic skincare? Yeah. So pro the, the field of probiotic skincare is very interesting to me because as a scientist, uh, and, and my background is completely in science. I'm, I'm a latecomer to the skincare industry and the skincare world. Uh, but I was really surprised to see that most of probiotic skincare is is not just marketing, but but marketing in a, in a kind of a damaging form. Um, and by that, I mean that a lot of probiotic skincare is dead bacteria. Now, if you went, if you wanted probiotics for your gut and you went to the supermarket and you picked up a tub of yogurt, and one tub said millions or billions of live bacteria, probiotic bacteria, and another tub said 100% dead bacteria, no live bacteria guaranteed, right? Which mm -hmm. one would you pick up? Of Obviously course, you'd, the live. Yeah. Yeah, you'd pick up the live because you know that the live probiotics are the ones that are gonna go, go into your gut and grow. Unfortunately, probiotic skincare for almost the entire part there are very few exceptions, uh, contains dead bacteria. And th these are also dead bacteria from, from yogurt. So they're usually lactobacillus or, or bifidobacteria, mm -hmm. et cetera. Now, yogurt bacteria is great for your gut. Uh, there's no really compelling evidence that it does anything for your skin. And it does even less when it's dead, right? Mm-hmm. So telltale signs that your probiotic skincare contains dead bacteria is... If you locate the uh, probiotic component in the ingredients list, and it says extract, lysate, or ferment, um, that just means that there are ground up bits of dead bacteria. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the skinny on it. And and our position, you know, we use live active phages in our products. Um, we love to kind of talk the science behind our products and and about skincare in general. Um, and it's kind of frustrating because I think that ultimately it's damaging for brands to make these promises to consumers, then disappoint them, and then have consumers who are so excited about these new technologies and, and that promise, see that promise fade. Yeah, I know. That's really interesting to know. I mean, I didn't, that's, that's, there's so much misinformation about probiotics on the internet, like you said, and I didn't even know, you know, about the dead bacteria. So that's, that, you know, sometimes those things can be, that marketing can be misleading. So it's, it's good to be a, a proactive and educated consumer, like you mentioned. And so you were mentioning your product, Phyla, um, contains um, probiotics. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the organism that we use is called a, a bacteriophage or a phage for short. Um, phages are actually, um, they, they're technically probiotics but they're more accurately described as harmless little viruses that kill bacteria. Now, obviously we've been quite consumed and overwhelmed by a certain kind of virus over the last couple of years, but this is a story where the, the virus is actually the hero. 
Um, so phages are basically nature's best defense against bacteria. They are the abundant, the most abundant and predominant life uh, force or organism on this planet. Um, and it's estimated that every 48 hours, about half of all bacteria on Earth are killed and turned over by phages. So this is a, it actually has a very important place in our ecosystem in, in biomass turnover and conversion. Now, phages are present everywhere. They're in the soil, they're in the, the marine life, in water, um, on our body, in, in our um, gut. Uh, and in fact, billions of phages pass through our bodies each day. So they're, they're quite harmless. Our body you know, doesn't really interact with them. Um, but the cool thing is phages are very potent killers of bacteria, and they're very, very specific. So uh, the phage that we uh, work with, which targets C. acnes, uh, the, the very interesting research behind it is that this phage is predominantly found on healthy skin. Uh, there, there was a study that looked at acne microbiomes, my, microbiomes of people with acne and people with healthy skin, as well as people who are older. Because we know that acne is mostly sort of a teenager or young adult uh, phenomenon. It kind of fades as you grow older. And we never really understood why. Well, this research, this observation was that there's an abundance of phage on people with healthy skin and older people. Uh, but people with acne don't really have this phage naturally. So the hypothesis is that, you know, we all have those annoying friends who never get a pimple, who just wake up, their skin's always dewy and fresh. <laughs> uh, so, you know, chances are that they're carrying this phage naturally and it's helping to, you know, keep down the levels of C acnes and balance their microbiome. So we decided that, you know, maybe you're born with it, maybe you're not. But if you're not, then we want to democratize this amazing organism, put it in a bottle so that everyone can have the benefit of putting this on your skin and getting the clear skin you deserve. No, that's really, that's really interesting. Uh, I love that approach for, you know, for um, your company. Um, so I know you briefly mentioned one study, but are there any new advancements in the treatment of acne from a skin microbiome standpoint? Can you clue us into any of the latest research in, in skin in, in the skin microbiome field? Yeah, I mean, there's so many fascinating uh, bits of research coming out and, and companies as well as academic labs pursuing this research. Um, I mean, so one piece of um, uh, research that is is quite relevant is uh, a clinical trial that we did with phage use uh, in acne, um, and we found some really interesting results. So the first, uh, we asked ourselves sort of four questions. We said, um, does uh, phage use cause any side effects? Is this safe for use? And is it safer than, say, benzoyl peroxide or retinoids? Then we asked, you know, we've seen these phages kill C. acnes in a bottle in, in the lab. How does it do on the skin? Does it, you know, does it significantly reduce the amount of C. acnes on the skin? Then the third question was, if they reduce the C. acnes, if they kill the bad bacteria, then do they improve your acne? And lastly, uh, what effect do they have on the microbiome? So to answer the first question, yes, phages are incredibly safe because they're natural and naturally present on healthy skin. We actually saw no side effects from the use of phages. 
Secondly, we saw a statistically significant reduction of uh, C acnes on the skin with our phage treatment. Um, and along with that um, a significant reduction in C acnes, we're actually seeing a significant improvement in uh, acne as well as measured by an IgA score, which as you know, is the sort of clinically relevant um, quantitative dermatological scoring of acne. Um, and in addition to the statistically significant reduction in acne, we're seeing that use of phage on the skin actually promotes diversity in the skin microbiome. So you see your skin microbiome being, being more diverse because this dominant bad bacteria is now being beaten back and that frees up resources for the other bacteria. Now, why is increasing skin microbiome diversity important? Um, it's important for two reasons. The first is that we know that people with acne have a lower skin microbiome diversity than healthy people. And the, there's a, a thought that if we increase the skin microbiome diversity, it could help get people clear skin. The second observation is uh, from these pre-industrial tribes like the Yanomami in Brazil. Now, globally, whether you're in Africa or Asia or America or Europe, um, every society has about 85% incidence of acne. So 85% of us get acne at some point in our life. For the Yanomami people, the incidence of acne is 0%. They don't get acne. They haven't had acne. No one gets acne there. Uh, the big difference between their skin and ours is that their my skin microbiome is incredibly diverse. So skin microbiome diversity is a key indicator of not just skin health, but long-term skin health. And phages give you exactly that. Oh, that's really interesting. And it's, it's really good to know about what's new in skin microbiome research, just because it's, it's important to be educated about this, not as a, only as a dermatologist, but also as a consumer myself in, in various skincare products, and, and especially for acne. So I'm always interested in to learn more. And so thank you so much for sharing that. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to um, see Dr. Varma, if you have any other recommendations for our listeners um, who suffer from acne, and really, really interested in a probiotic skincare approach? Well, I would say in general, you know, good practices are um, to kind of keep it minimal. Um, you know, I say it just generally you should drink a lot of water. You should, you know, get a lot of exercise, try to be outside um, a little bit as much as you can. I think all of those promote good skin health. Um, Phyla's ethos is also one of minimalism. So we um, recommend you use fewer products and fewer ingredients in the in the formulation list. Um, we think that, so there was a study um, that said that the average woman applies 500 ingredients to her face every day. That is quite shocking. And I'm guessing your skin probably doesn't need every single one of those 500 ingredients, right? So, um, you know, you don't want to burden your skin. You don't want to clog your skin because a lot of these things are applied every day. Um, and honestly, your skin would probably be a lot 
better off if, if you applied fewer things. Uh, if you want to learn specifically about acne, what the different approaches are and, and what the new approach, the, the microbiome in, informed approach and, and probiotic approach is, uh, you can go to our website, phylobiotics.com. We have a lot of content there, um, including you know, our clinical trial data, uh, breaking down kind of what, what all these other approaches are on our website. So um, that's where we are. Great. Well, that's all we have for today's episode. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Skin the Surface Pod, as well as our website at skinthesurfacepod.com for not only more information about Dr. Varma, but also his advanced probiotic acne system called Phyla. Um, as always, stay safe and healthy, podcasters. Mm-hmm.